What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? We're back, we're back on the Source TV. Like we promised you, we are going to be doing shotgun episodes throughout now that we're on the Spotify platform and we're on all platforms now. We're running, we're booming. I hope you guys can follow us and be in touch because we're going to be serving you some fire. As always, I've got my co-host with me, the Don. Wandi, my captain, how are you doing? Good, thanks, Juma. Uh, thesis finally submitted, so I got the masters out the way. But besides that, been enjoying watching the numbers grow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. All platforms are available, as Juma said. And besides that, basketball has been keeping me entertained for the past couple of days. Um, it's been very interesting to see um, all these teams fighting against each other an upset here and there, but I guess things will be almost as expected, right, Duma? Yeah, like, the NBA has been keeping me awake. Like, I just want to dive straight into it. I'm going to go into the East with some big movers and shakers. I'll start off with uh, the Raptors versus the Celtic series. In the last podcast, I did mention to you, Andy, that I believe that in basketball, when it comes to coaching, playoffs it's all about uh, making adjustments and I said that Nick Nurse was too good a coach not to make adjustments with that being said the Raptors came back to win game three and to win game four to level out the series and that was just Nick Nurse doing his thing but as of last night the Celtics took a 3-2 lead with another great game they led from the beginning till the end. What do you think about the Celtics? How do you think the series is going? I know you had the Celtics to win 4-1, I think. But yeah. how do you think that's going? How do you think the Celtics are moving? Are you worried that they hit that stumbling block? Or do you think they're back on track right after they've taken the lead again? Yeah, well, I think for the last episode, Celtics were up 2-0 at the time. I did predict 4-1. Uh, the Raptors stole it in the last literally the last half a second with the with the winning three-pointer from the corner which gave the Raptors the confidence that they needed. Game four, they came back and they showed that, okay, they are here to play and all. So, which is quite impressive. Boston slipped up in game four, but last night's game five, I don't know if you think Toronto took the lead at any point. I remember in the first quarter seeing Boston up 14-5 in like the first minute. That was no excuse from the Raptors. Um... And the big, the Celtics' big three yesterday came through, fairly splitting up, splitting up the points between them, averaging about twenty each between Tatum, Brown, and and Kemba. But I think the Celtics should win Game Six. I think at this point, I think they can take it four-two. Um, I I can't think that I can argue with you too much. I'll give you that, but. I still believe that it's all about spicy pea. So the Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Raptors star player this season is meant to be Pascal Siakam, the all-star. The, he was an all-star this year for the first time. And this is the first time we're seeing him in the playoffs without being the secondary player, but the go-to player. Because last year, he lit it up. He was the surprise package in the playoffs, helping Kawhi um, leading the Toronto Raptors to the to the chip. But I think that since the going has gotten tough 
obviously in the first round they won 4-0. But since the going has really gotten tough for them, I've, I've actually been quite disappointed in Pascal Siakam. What do you think about his performances? And what do you think, if he can get going, do you think there's still hope for the Raptors to clinch this in seven? Yeah, I think Pascal, last night, he only scored 10 points, which is very disappointing. In game four, which they won, he did manage to get 23 points, 11 rebounds, two assists. The game before that, when they won the first game, he got another 16 points. So, I mean, a player of his caliber in such playoff conditions, I would have expected him to be at least averaging 22, 23. Yes, he does have he Kyle Lowry. He has to average 24 for me. Yeah. He has to average he 24 has to. for me. So, I mean, Kyle Lowry can give you, I mean, he gave 31 when they won their first game. Van Fleet gave us 25. But Pascal clearly shows that he can't really be the go-to guy, maybe on the, on, on the defense quite a lot. But he definitely needs to get better on offense if he wants, um, if he wants the Raptors to at least survive game six. But for me also, like, it's really worrying for me that you're even calling out people like Kyle Lowry. Like, how long have people been laughing about Kyle Lowry <laughs> scoring seven, eight points in playoffs and yeah. things like that? Back in the days of LeBron, so Kyle Lowry used to go quiet. <laughs> so if we're now, Kyle Lowry, don't get it twisted. He was, he's a dog, he's a great defender, but you don't expect Kyle Lowry to be scoring 20 to 22 mm. points for you in the, every playoff game. So that's what worries me. OG can go get a few points, but you need Pascal Siakam to step up. And score 24 points. And that, I think, has been the story for me. And especially since, I don't think Boston has got a recognized big. Mm-mm. Like, if you're going to tell me that Tice is your number five, that's your rim protector, that's the... Like, Pascal Siakam should be owning yeah. that competition. He's he actually been getting marked by Jalen Brown a lot. Yeah. And he's been giving him a lot of trouble. So Pascal Siakam, I think, is probably the greatest um, downfall of this. But this, this is Boston Celtics looking like they're going to win this in six. And I don't think Jason Tatum has even hit the top gear. What do you think um, about um, Celtics and how, how do they need to improve? if they are to beat a Heat or a Milwaukee Bucks that we'll talk about just now in the, in the Eastern Finals before we even get to the, to the uh, NBA Finals. Yeah, I think the Celtics, I think they're moving in the right direction. Uh, Brad Stevens has been bringing up the team. He's kind of kept his core in with his big three, Tice and Marcus Smart as well, gets a couple clutch threes. Jason Tatum, I just get a bit worried with him in the fourth quarter. He does draw on a lot of offensive fouls when he's trying to shake off the defenders. Gets a bit too aggressive and loses and causes turnovers. But I mean, besides that, he is uh, meant to be the superstar of the Celtics at the moment. Jalen Brown is not very far off behind him. It's a young team. They will be improving like as the game goes and everything. It's almost like a thing where... Uh, Jalen Brown will get 27 today, Tatum will get 18, and then tomorrow Tatum will get 27, and then Jalen Brown will give you 14. So there's a lot of balance. There's, the team is not centered, which is good. If someone's having a bad off day, they do know that there is a secondary or tertiary player. Of course, Kemba Walker has been an all-star for a long time, so we don't even have to go through with him. 
he's got probably one of the deadliest step backs in the league. So I think the Celtics are in a good position now. Do they have what it takes to beat the Heat or the Bucks? I think whoever they play, that, that series will probably go seven, seven games. But I do um, think Celtics, uh, Celtics can make, I think my team for the East this year, Celtics are going to the finals. Okay, okay, that's good to you. But you uh, you begged them to go all the way to the finals. Wow, that's yes. actually a strong, strong statement. Um, but, and another question, do you think that if they do fail to win the Eastern Conference, is it, a, is it too early to start talking about breaking up the, the kids, uh, breaking up... Um, I, I don't see Jason Tatum going anywhere, but yeah. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, do you see any of those two possibly being traded to look for his big superstar? Or do you think this organization backs these players that much to keep that core? Which, and it will be very hard to pay all of them, yeah. but do you think for at least the next season they'll, be, they'll back it to keep the core? Or do you think that if they don't win the East this year, they you, we could see them breaking up. I think um, it is a fairly new team with Kemba only. Kemba only joined this season, or was he there last season? I'm not sure. But well, he only joined this season. Yeah, yeah. Kemba only joined this season. Uh, Al Horford left at the end of last season, so they lost their main big. They brought Kemba Kyrie in. Also left. Kyrie also left. Um, uh, Gordon Hayward is injured right now, so they're actually not at their uh, peak team at the moment. So I think I'll probably give them another year next year if they do fail to make it to the NBA Finals. And then maybe they might have to think of moving around, making some trades and all that. But I do think that this is a good team this year, and I think next year they'll be even better. Okay, okay. With that being said, we go to their opponents. Miami versus the Bucks. Um, back to the predictions, I did believe that Giannis would, would be too good and Budenhauser would be too good to yeah. get swept. But I did say it would be a gentleman sweep because Coach Spo was that good. But it actually wasn't Giannis that um, came through. Um, the, the Heat actually went up 3-0. And now, uh, and the Bucks two nights ago won um, the game um, to make it three-one. And it wasn't actually, it wasn't actually Giannis that I was expecting to drag the team there, but Giannis went down at the beginning of the second quarter with um, aggravating his ankle injury, and outstepped Chris Middleton. Uh, They changed the way they played. It was no longer just. Giannis trying to crash the ball as if he's a rugby number eight. But um, they actually had to switch it up. And they actually looked good. Let me be honest with you. They did look good in sequences in that game. And ultimately, they won it in overtime. What do you think about that series? Do you think it's still going to go back to normal proceedings this evening? Or could Bucks possibly sneak another win and take this game to a game six? Yeah, I remember I remember watching this game and when Giannis went down, I thought, okay, it's game over. These guys have an excuse for losing. Like, it's fine. But the guys did step up. Middleton um, 
did what Giannis was expected to do the whole series to take over the game and center the center the game around him. The Bucks do look better against the Heat without Giannis. So I do see them, the fact that they actually did win, um, they managed to get the edge over the Heat in that game. They can come back into game five and actually have confidence that, hey, we did this last time in overtime after the mishap of, of Giannis getting injured. I think their main focus will be to try and stop, obviously Jimmy Butler is the main threat, but Bam Adebayo last game, he was very good on both ends of the floor. He will definitely be a problem in the next game because of the heat center, the ball around him, they don't seem to have answers for him at the moment. And Tyler Hero as well. I mean, he's a rookie. He got his 33 minutes in, but in the fourth, he was making running threes. Like, he's been in the league for the past 10 years. He made two extra clutch threes in the, third, in the fourth quarter. I couldn't actually believe it because you're not supposed to make shots like that. At least have a bit of balance <laughs> before making a three. Super so, I so yeah. So, I think the Heat, the Heat should wrap up the series now. They will need the rest to take on the Celtics next. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks can come back. That is if they find that is if they like restructure their game without Giannis in the short note in the short time now. But I think they do as the top seed in the East and the best overall uh, win loss rate in the league. I think they should be able to get one back on the Heat, at least one more. But the Heat will take the series. Well, I believe that. I'm still sticking to my guns. I think the Heat will wrap it up this evening and uh, close it up 4-1. But I was actually surprised by your prediction of Celtics going all the way to the finals because I predict it will be the Heat versus the Celtics in the Eastern finals. And as much as the Celtics have got big ballers on the court and they've got buckets all over the court, that's exactly what the Heat was going up against in Milwaukee. Because people don't realize Milwaukee just owns the three-point line. They get three-pointers from Middleton. They get three-pointers from Brooke Lopez. They get three-pointers all over, the, um, all over the, the court. And Miami is such a good and quick and athletic team. They're able, they're probably the only team that can actually guard the Celtics in that respect. Because they don't have immobile or uh, immobile bigs either. All their bigs are these sort of hybrid uh, bigs, yeah. which are a cross between a power forward and the center sort of thing. So I think they actually have got the best recipe to go against the Celtics. And then that's when coaching comes in. If you look at the end of the um, game three, when it um, was uh, of the Raptors versus the Celtics, there was a huge coaching era where um, the Celtics coach decided to go on zonal marking instead of man marking. Yeah. It was a no-brainer. You had to do man marking and make the person beat you with a hand in your face. But instead, they gave up the open three and they gave up the game and ultimately gave up game four also. And Coach Spose will not do that at Miami. That is a Hall of Fame coach. He is... He, his coaching ability shocks me every single game. He is using so-called minimal talent, but these are players that are now ballers. Yeah. Ballers, ballers, ballers. Bam is playing like a demon. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Tyler Hero. I'm talking about Jimmy Buckets. We've always known that he was just a class act and a hard worker. 
But I'm seeing people that weren't always thought of to be up and about and, and game changers coming to the forefront for the Heat. And it's just been... So I don't see a Heat versus Celtics um, uh, final. I would see the Heat taking that in six. In six, yeah. Let's go to the West. The West, the West, the, the West, West, the West. Wild, I think wild, I'm going to start with the Nuggets and the Clippers, the Nuggets and the Clippers, because those those two have actually been going back to back. Yeah. Um, Clippers came out, um, won the first game, blew it out. It was expected with the Nuggets being so tired. Yeah. And then in game two, I actually believe that PG 13% was back for the first two quarters. I remember watching the first two quarters of that game in game two, and PG couldn't get Paul George, is who I'm talking about. Paul George could not even get a layup in. He missed like three, four layups in the first five minutes, and I'm like, ah, here we go again. They went on to lose that game. And last night, um, Clippers came back to take the lead again 2 1. But Last night, I will tell you, the Clippers did not win that game. The Nuggets lost it. The Nuggets led the whole way through. I think Mm -hmm. the Joker got 32 points. You'll come through with all the stats for me. But I think, like, the Nuggets threw away that game. I mean, you cannot afford to be seven points up with eight minutes left in the game and you don't close it out. And as much as I don't like the Clippers as they are the rivals of the Lakers, that we'll talk about just now also. These guys don't give up opportunities like that. When they have a bad day, you have to beat them on their bad day. They'll give you bad days. But when they're losing, even when they're playing badly, you've got no chance in a seven-game series. Because when they play well, they really get cooking. What do you mm-hmm. think about that series? Um, game two, oh, well, let me start with game one. Game one, the Clippers beat the Nuggets blood. They were tired as predicted. We thought they were going to lose. I thought... Before the game two, I did think that the Clippers would take them again, but the Nuggets did recover, and con- they actually won the game convincingly. But what I noticed with the Nuggets is the second quarter, the third quarter, they will get the points going. They will score, 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 score. Something happens in the fourth, I don't know what. Because in game two, I think at some point, the Nuggets were up by almost 20, and then they only ended up winning the game only by nine. Um, game two stats, as you said, Paul George was missing a lot. Pat Beverly only got two points the whole game. Kawhi only got 13. So that proves that... You got a deuce. You got a deuce. So the Nuggets do know how to stop the Clippers. They just have a problem with closing the game out. Jokic game two, 26 points, 18 rebounds, four assists. That is a winning team center. Those are winning team center numbers. Um, Why can't Joel Embiid do this? Can you please answer this? Why? Joel Embiid, I don't know. It's like he can't do it today, but he won't do it again in like maybe four months because he's either injured or I don't know. Or he just doesn't look like he wants to do it. That's the problem with Joel sometimes. Ah, Jamal Murray. We'll talk about him yeah. another day. But yeah. he annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal okay. Murray, game two, 27 points, three rebounds, six assists. Straight up shooting responsibility. Nothing else. Game three, as you said, the Nuggets lost the game. The Clippers didn't win. The Nuggets led the game once again. They just didn't make the gap big enough for the Clippers to be unable to catch up. The Nuggets game Would two, you? game three, as you said, Jokic, you're correct, 32 points. Jamal Murray only got 14. 
And I think that was the difference making because, I mean, in that Clippers game, Paul George did step up. He got his 32 points. Uh, Kawhi got a double-double, 23 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists. Um, Zubak is quite good in the Clippers center. I must say, Kawhi, I mean, he's always on the receiving end of those when you expect Kawhi to just hit that mid-range. He just slips the ball underneath to Zubak to finish. But the series is very much still alive. I don't think the Clippers have it under control. The thing with me is that I don't know if it's if it's the fact that fatigue could be playing a big role. Remember, these guys are coming off a seven-game series. Mm. So as much as they're able to get up for the match, the fourth quarter, maybe they don't have the right legs. Or is it just the Clippers being the Clippers? Because what are they known for? Their bench players. Mm. Lou Williams, Chez, uh, Montrez Harrell coming off the bench and mm. playing in those fourth quarter minutes and closing out the games because those are world-class closers. Mm. What I've seen is that if Paul George doesn't play well, the Clippers don't win. So if, and I don't see, and as much as, he, as Paul George has been inconsistent, for you to be hoping that he's, not, he's going to be inconsistent for four games is asking a lot. Those two games when he's not on point, you need to beat him and then beat him, beat them two other times some other way. The Nuggets, I feel they lost this game and they have to win the next game. The next game is a must win for them. And they have to keep their, their foot on the necks of the Clippers because these Clippers team, the Clippers team, uh, what I can tell you about the Clippers team that I do respect about them, they don't care about what happened in the last game. Yeah. They can play horribly. They can play amazingly. They just get, when, when it's a new game, they're like robots. They're assassins. They're ready to kill. And they're moving and shaking. Clippers potential um, will be potentially meeting either the Lakers or the Rockets. The Lakers losing game one against the Rockets, and the and then the Lakers coming back to level it out in game two. I expect the Lakers to take the series 4-1 even. Yeah. As much as they've got James Harden and Russ and all the LeBron James, AD, when they get going, they just look cool. They look like they can do it. And the bench is now coming into its own. We've got your favorite player rolling into there, Jean Rondo, 100%. coming in. Kuzma still needs to get more consistent, but either Kuzma, either Mo- last um, the other night it was Morris. Morris Marquise, shot yeah. 16, points. 16 points. Correct. 16 points the other the other night. I think he came through with four three pointers. Like that was just scorching. We just need one other person. Because we know what AD is going to do. We know what LeBron's going to do. So I feel that's fairly simple. But what do you think? Are you, are you convinced about the Lakers and their chances? Yeah, well, it's looking, looking back at game one when the Rockets took the win, um, I felt that the Lakers forgot what Rockets ball is in that game. Because Rockets ball, it's literally shoot threes or get a layup off the fast break. There's nothing else. The Rockets do not shoot mid-range. They do not believe in mid-range. It's literally just, if it's not James Harden shooting a three, it's Westbrook getting in. Westbrook is being contained. Very Almost looks very easy for the Lakers to stop him because of the height game. Just the Rockets are a short team, but then P.J. Tucker is 
meant to be, well, is their big man in a sense. He probably is the strongest on the team. He does look to be containing LeBron and AD to a certain extent. Game two came out. The Lakers came out ready to play. They made the win look, as even though it was only by eight points, they made the win look a bit easy. LeBron getting his 28, 11, and nine, almost a triple-double AD in the 30-point range, as as expected. Um, Lakers bench also quite good. I mean, Caruso and LeBron James on the fast break, you know, it's just going to be an alley just for the show every single time. It's party over. Yeah. Markeith Morris putting impressive numbers off the bench. Game two, you got 16. Kuzma, 13. Rondo came back in, was playing quite good uh, defense for the Lakers as well, getting a couple steals in both games and a few threes as well. I think he got two or three threes in both games. He comes out with like 10, three and nine off the bench. So I think the Lakers bench has improved now. I think it will definitely, that playoff experience that the bench have. I mean, they've got J.R. Smith as well. <laughs> How many like, assists did Rondo get there? Rondo in game two got nine assists. Nine assists. Nine Can assists we talk about bench. that? Yeah. It's that, playoff, it's playoff Rondo. <laughs> that's probably the most relieving statistic for me personally because, as you know, um, when we get to harder teams and things like that, with LeBron James having to facilitate so mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. I feel like it's so much pressure for him to, number one, be on the court. Yeah. And he's using so much energy with his usage, the ball in his hands, and that's when his turnover starts skyrocketing. Yeah. But when you've got Rajan Rondo able to give you nine assists, mm-hmm. I think that takes so much assist pressure off LeBron James and he can just focus on score, on scoring. Now imagine having a Laker team where both LeBron James and AD, at a, even if it's just for a quarter, can just concentrate on scoring. Yeah, You have got a very dangerous team. So I think that is the most vital statistic from that game too. That uh, playoff mm-hmm. Rondo started going with those assists and that will make the King very just, happy. Just to add to what you said, I saw in the news today that the Lakers shooters made 11 out of 15 shots for and got 28 i mean made 11 out of made 11 shots out of rondo's 15 passes and got 28 points from that and that's, that's that's from 29 minutes of rondo being on the court so you know that almost every minute rondo will provide your court every minute just from assists before he gives you his 10 12 points a game which and that sort of productivity is what you need even if it's I don't expect him to give me nine assists every game, but if he can give me about six assists a game mm. and two of those games we get up to nine assists, I will be a very, very happy man because that will just leave King James not only to be able to rest, but also to be able to concentrate less on facilitating and get his shot going. Because what we've realized is that he spends so much time um, during the game trying to um, facilitate others. That's where, that when it's time for him to take over in the fourth quarter, he's not in rhythm. And then we've got LeBrick James. Yep. So that is probably the biggest takeaway for me. But um, just to reiterate, I think that we are going to be having a great playoff run um, that's coming through. So tonight it's going to be the Lakers versus the Rockets. I'm expecting the Lakers to go 3-1 up there. And then also it will be the Heat versus the Bucks. Hopefully 
the Heat will be able to close that out. I must say that if you if the Bucks do manage to sneak in like you think they will uh, a win, the Heat might actually get need to get going very very soon very because yeah. people. Nobody loves the game seven. Everybody knows that game seven, anything can happen. It's equivalent of a penalty shootout in football. You do not want to be that team. So hopefully the Heat close it out tonight and we will be back with you soon and we'll be having some soccer on on the cards in our next episode and we'll see how far everything goes. Yeah. I just want to say shout out to the Instagram community for voting on the polls. Your collective predictions have been accurate so far. And for today's game, the, the fans do believe that the Lakers will take tonight's game. And so will the Heat. With 31% believing the Bucks will survive. And that includes myself. <laughs> <laughs> that includes yourself. And we'll see. We'll see, we'll see who will win those. Keep keep voting on those polls on Instagram. That's at the source TV. And thank you once again, Wandy, my captain of the ship. Anytime. And until next time, good luck. Catch you guys soon. Cheers.